go it's another good day to be an lsu tiger fan i know the second consecutive day that lsu does get a decommitment andre evans a really gifted cornerback prospect out of nashville tennessee has decided to flip to the georgia bulldogs so unlike joseph stone yesterday i obviously didn't feel too hurt about that one this one is very different, if you ask me. This loss is pretty big at a position that LSU really needs to replenish its depth, which is the cornerback position. Now, truth be told, these last couple of seasons, LSU has been mostly transfers at defensive back. And that's not necessarily a good thing. As you guys could see, the secondary for LSU hasn't been that great. At this point for me, I truly do feel that any loss at defensive back is a big loss for LSU because we need to find guys that can play. We need to find guys that we can get into the program and have them ready to go, if not by year one, but at the very least year two. Now, I'll talk a little bit about Andre Evans specifically, knowing that he is gone now. I don't want to dwell too much on it because there are some other names. We'll get to one in just a second that is out there that LSU is trying to flip right now. But the first thing here is Andre Evans is a beast athlete. He has everything you are looking for from a corner. He looks like a Power 5 Division One player. Now, I said this publicly. I also did a 15-minute breakdown on Patreon, and I even had people close to Andre Evans reach out to me uh, and give me a lot of good intel on him. The system he was in was very weird uh, in, in Tennessee, so I won't go too deep in all of that, but the truth is he athletically is amazing, even though his tape wasn't really anything spectacular. Also, he was a guy that LSU in particular boosted his stock when they really were one of the first elite programs to offer him. He came to campus in Baton Rouge and he absolutely tore it up and LSU and Brian Kelly were there and they really wanted him and he committed. Now it sucks. It really, really, really sucks. Now LSU does have another top 125 corner committed in Kai Bates, obviously out of the state of Florida. That excites you. It excites me. And LSU does have Wallace Foster committed as well. Another cornerback prospect, but this was a class that I think LSU wanted to get a ton of corners in. And then of course, we'll see what they do with Jawan Johnson, who is probably the best overall football player out of all those DBs that we just mentioned, but he's more so a high school quarterback than he is defensive back at this point. So obviously it's going to come down to what position some of these guys want to play at the next level with some of the recruit sales she's going after. But I am going to give you a plausible name that is a corner. And we do know that LSU is doing whatever they could possibly do to get him to be a part of this class. And that is Bernard 
Casey or Causey. I've never gotten the correct pronunciation. And I'm going to be honest with you. I really haven't watched a whole lot of him, but he is currently committed to LSU. Or excuse me, he's committed to Ole Miss. And there are quite a few people out there that think he is going to flip to LSU. Obviously, being out of New Orleans, DBU is a thing. He obviously is a guy that they really want to be a part of this class. And now that Andre Evans isn't there anymore, the priority on him goes even higher. So, um, you know, for some of you, 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 you would say, look, I don't want Andre Evans. I want the Louisiana three-star. And there are a lot of you that would say, hey, we've had a lot of great Louisiana three-stars at corner. We had Daryl Simon. We had Mo Claiborne. We had a lot of uh, three-stars come in and, and, and be uh, world beaters at defensive back at LSU, Jalen Mills, and so on and so on and so on. So uh, that excites um, quite a few of you. If this young man does end up flipping, I think that he does at this point. So um, he does look very young, Tony. Huh? 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 But you guys know when it comes to individual players, you never know who's going to be great. I have my own personal opinion of all the high school recruits. As you guys probably could hear yesterday, I think JoJo Stone is a very good player. I didn't think he was an elite player. Andre Evans, I think, had very elite traits, and I do think he will eventually be a Division I defensive back. I will also say this. If you really go look at the players that decommitted from LSU in the past, most of them don't come back to bite you uh, for whatever reason. LSU's had um, good fortune, if you will, with that. Um, but whatever the case may be, Andre Evans will not more than likely be a part of this LSU recruiting class as Kirby Smart flipped him um, to Georgia. Now, I knew this question was going to come in. We say to Brian, what is my honest opinion on Robert Steeple's recruiting and development? So we didn't get into this, okay? Obviously, you got Kai Bates to commit to LSU, which is really cool. Um, I'm waiting to see Kai Sr. tape before I say anything else. Um, but he, he looks the part. He looks like he could be a big-time defensive back at LSU. But this has been a brutal year for Robert Steeples. Brutal. There's just no other way around it. Our corners have really struggled to tackle. Um, a lot of these transfers have not worked out. And we lose this you know, this recruit here and, but it's honestly not the end of the world either. You know, Robert Staples is still a very young coach. Our corners the year before were good this year. They've just not been great. Now, some of that is just those guys not tackling. There's only so much coaching you can do when it comes to tackling. But the truth is to Brian's point, and to my inbox's point, a lot of you have reminded me that you feel Robert Steeples is not qualified to be a Division One Power Five de defensive back coach at the premier university to be a defensive back coach. Um, and I get it. I understand it's frustrating to see LSU's corners play the, the way that they played. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully he's able to uh, flip Bernard here and we, you know, get. Uh, we, we we get uh, hopefully some other guys to flip our way. Now, I will also say this, and I said this yesterday with the Andre Evans thing. Um, 
I, I had heard that some things had started to move. You know, sometimes with this, you get to know uh, some people close to him. I've never talked to Andre Evans, but one of the people that trains him uh, reached out to me, um, and I've got to know him a little bit. And I, it just kind of felt like this was was happening. So not, I'm not totally shocked. I am disappointed. I am. Um, to the other side of it, could there be more defensive backs that flip from LSU? Could there be more players that flip from LSU? Yes, it can happen. That's why, you know, during the season, I don't do a whole lot of recruiting. I just don't because it's just not my favorite thing to do. But it does get the most views. It does get you guys, uh, does get the blood boiling. So there is, um, th- there's, there's a whole lot that can happen from now until December. And we all know this. I am worried about this defensive back class. I do think we need more DBs, not less. Okay. I hope. One of these true freshman defensive backs, in particular, one of these true freshman corners, steps up and becomes that guy next year. I hope so. I hope Ashton Stamps, Jeremiah Hughes, one of those guys, becomes him. I hope. Um, I hope we get some transfers in that can play at a high level for us immediately. But at this point, we're, we're, we're having some issues uh, recruiting the secondary. And also at this point, it is a little concerning that so many of the DBs that LSU has brought in since 2019 have been total flops. I mean, total flops. I'm not talking about three-star add-ons at the end. I'm talking about four- and five-star recruits. Some of it's injury. Some of it's mental. Some of it's physical. Some of it is they're just not that guy, pal. Some of it is all of it. Um, but we, we, we've we got to do a better job of holding on to these recruits. We just do. Um, I don't know what all that entails. Some of that could be monetary. Some of that could be just coaching system or whatever. But if Kirby Smart comes calling, uh, it, it, you'll listen. And Andre Evans obviously listen. So uh, hopefully uh, some some – Defensive back recruits go our way here before the end here. Yeah, as Michael B. pointed out, we're all pretty sad that this player left. JoJo. Um, I thought he was special. I really do. Chris is already predicting some flips here. So there you have it. Now. We do have a fun giveaway here tonight. We're doing we're giving away one of these on um, Twitter, but we'll give one away here as well. If we get to Hundo and Supers, we will give out a Mason Taylor LSU rookie card right here. Bowman Tops Fanatics first. And it is awesome. I love this card. So I got a few of them. I'm going to give them out. Pretty excited about that. We're going to give one out on Twitter tomorrow. We'll be doing a little contest over there. So uh, there you go. Good to have Skipper back in here. There you go, Tony. So next thing. I got one insane Jaden Daniels stat. One insane Jaden Daniels stat. Okay. So much was made of, you know, Jaden Daniels' stature 
and he's not the biggest guy. But what was interesting last year was he broke so many tackles. This year he got bigger, and he's broken more tackles. He has over 25 broken tackles up to this point in the season. Now, broken tackles can be a very weird stat, especially for somebody like Jaden. Do you consider a broken tackle as one where the tackler gets his hand on you and you're able to break through it? Or do you consider a broken tackle as a player who is able to run around someone straight in front of him? It just depends on your definition of broken tackle. That's why I say 20 plus. Okay. That's why LSU's missed tackle count versus Ole Miss was different than the missed tackle count versus PFF. Our definitions of broken tackles are different. Okay. Jaden Daniels. Being as fast as he is and not being the biggest guy. Now, he did gain a lot of good weight this offseason. It is mind-blowing how many tackles this guy makes. And or I say how many tackles he makes. He'd be a great DB, too. How many tackles he breaks. And the truth here, you go back and you look at the end of that Missouri game. All right. There was a play where DJ Chester missed his block. It happens. He was a true freshman put in a tough spot. And it was Jaden Daniels versus Tyson Hopper, Missouri's best linebacker in the hole. Okay? So, this was not a case where Jaden could just run around him. This was not a case. He had to run through him to get the yards that we needed to. And he ran directly through his arm tackle. Okay? He ran so fast, and it was straight head up. It was the way you are watching me right now. That is how he ran, straight through the arm tackle. Wasn't even much of a collision because he was gone when you blinked. It is unbelievable how many tackles he breaks. And that is part of an even bigger point that I want to include at the beginning because, you know, sometimes some of you listen to the very beginning and then you leave. I just want to throw this out here. Yet again, when I go back and I rewatch all these LSU clips and all these LSU highlights, it is ridiculous, re-freaking-diculous how many tackles LSU's tacklers are, are, or how many tackles LSU's ball carriers are forcing the other team to miss. And once again, broken tackle, it has a different definition for so many different people. Uh, and one thing that Skipper's brought up in uh, the Discord, once again, sign up, PHL Patreon link is down below. You get Discord benefits, get one-on-one -on -one chats with me, all that good stuff. Um, is the LSU offensive line helps with that because they're providing really good holes to run through. So if you can run through good holes and you have good pockets to throw with, that gives you a chance to throw more accurate throws. It gives you a chance to have the running backs and ball carriers have wide open holes to run through. And guess what? They break a crap ton of freaking tackles. And it is beautiful to watch. So I'm telling you right now, I don't know many teams that broke more tackles than what LSU has done this year. It is crazy. So, you know, you, you look at the Jaden stats and you see all the passing yards, you see the over 20 touchdowns, you see the, the, 
the crazy amount of yards. He's the only LSU quarterback with 1,000 rushing yards and 5,000 passing yards in his career. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But he's good. He's really, really freaking good. And we are very blessed to have him. Let's go to Walter. Is there any chance we can see a DB coaching change this offseason? Yeah, and this is where it gets sensitive because, you know, coaches watch his show. Um, or at least I've heard coaches watch his show. I doubt that they have the time uh, to listen to my stupid self get my takes on LSU football. Okay. Do I think Brian Kelly makes a coaching change at defensive back? Um, you know, I I think the first thing is what LSU does the rest of the way is going to determine a lot of different things. Because what Brian Kelly could say from a coach's perspective that a lot of fans may not realize is, well, we didn't know where Harold Perkins was playing. So how can we play as a defense when we don't have the role picked out for our best player? And maybe Brian Kelly would say, look, instead of playing traditional linebacker, Harold Perkins is now playing a nickel, a Sam. So how does that work exactly? Is his position coach Matt House or is his position coach going to be Robert Steeples? How, how do we, you know, divvy up all of that? Okay. And his position coach is still probably Matt House, but, you know, Harold Perkins is playing a lot of coverage snaps now, a lot. Okay. And that's not one of his strong suits. So that has a ripple effect on the rest of the defense. Now you want to use Harold Perkins um, in, in your back seven. So Brian Kelly would probably say, look, have we been bad at defensive back? We have, but let's see how these next couple of weeks go. The second thing is Robert Steeples was a fine corners coach last year because, well, our corners were fine for the most part. Um, I, I wouldn't put, you know, Makai Gardner, Jared Bernard Converse in that group in like like a top five LSU cornerback duo. Um, might not even be top seven or top ten, but they were good. They were really good football players. And Brian Kelly would say, look, um, you know, those guys aren't here anymore. That's one bad year for a young coach. So – I, I, I do think at this point, BK, if our results continue to be the same way, he is going to need to shuffle up the deck some. So which defensive back coach out there would LSU go get? It's not worthy for me to speculate on position coaches because position coaches jump from place to place all the time. So I do think if things stay the same way, though, Walter – you you will see you will see some shifts you will see some movement so thank you for your question I appreciate your support man um, let's see as far as LSU football is concerned nothing too deep about Army um, that I want to chat about tonight until tomorrow okay I do want to share that the LSU football team did do something really cool they did paint the end zone. Camouflage. Uh, I thought that was very neat. Um, I couldn't even see it. Okay, that's a bad joke. 
Um, but yeah, it was really, really, really fun to see. Okay. And I will pull it up for you right here. Okay. This honestly does look very neat. It's very clean, not overdone either. Okay. Look at that. That's so cool. That is really, really, really well done. Okay. Once again, if you want to see it for yourself, twitter.com slash power hour. Hell is you. That's dope. Darian says, Carrie Cooks needs to go. Hmm. I don't know about that. I I wouldn't call Carrie Cooks an elite DB coach, though. I mean, when he was, I, I I'll I'll share this anecdote again. When he came over from the Oklahoma Notre Dame situation where he was in, okay. I got a call from someone that that works with, uh, not works with, but is around the Oklahoma football program. It was like, hey, Carter, y'all got Jamar Kane. Jamar Kane is a beast. And Jamar Kane was a really good defense line coach and recruiter here. And he said, but Kerry Cooks underperformed at Oklahoma in his estimation. I don't cover Oklahoma. I don't watch them enough for me to say if they were good or bad in their secondary. Um, but he said, hey, Kerry Cooks is not as good as Jamar Kane. And obviously our safeties were were fine last year. A little tougher this year, as you can clearly see. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm open, but at this point, I am putting my belief that Robert Steeples and Kerry Cooks during this bye week, uh, after we take care of Army, is going to get this unit playing better football. Okay. And yeah, you know, you point this out here with Mac. Just how bad would it be if Andre Sam didn't sign? It'd be really bad right now. Okay, that's why they put forth the full court press to get him. They got Tyron Matthew tweeting about him. They they, they had a lot of different things going on to try and get Andre Sam to be a part of this recruiting class. And we would be we we would be cooked. We would be very, very cooked. You know, get it? The Kerry Cooks. We would be cooked. But yes, Andre Sam's been really good for us. Two rough games. Uh all Miss Missouri. I don't think the Missouri game was as bad as people put it out to be. Um, almost game was tough. It was tough. Okay. So if you're just joining us, Andre Evans uh, did decommit. And yes, Van, I will tell you this. Every college program in the history of ever is recruiting defensive backs. So if you guys don't mind, Please uh, hit the share button if you're watching on Facebook. 
share this on social media. If you're watching this on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, um, share it, tell your friends about PHL and this community we're growing man. Um, also check out power hour SEC. I'm dropping a pretty big deep dive. I've worked a few dates. Uh, I've, I've worked a few days on, so, uh, Let's see. What's up, Carvis? LA Mom, one of our many patrons. Good to see you. So this is a question that's been pretty common. Can we go after Corey Raymond after the season? Okay. So here's the thing, David. Do I think Corey Raymond would would come back with open arms to LSU and coach at the school where you know he played and has coached most of his career? Yeah, I I I would guess that he would love to 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 come back home, right? He's from New Iberia. And, you know, the DBs that have played, including Jamal Adams, they still sing his praises. But I want you to think right now, all right, in the terms of, 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 of Corey Raymond, okay? I want you to think about a friend of yours that wronged you. Maybe a friend of yours left you out to dry in a rough area, or it might be a girlfriend or a boyfriend that cheated on you. Okay. Who that person was before that is not going to be who that person was after that. Okay. Keep that in mind. I will reiterate this. I won't get into all the details of this because that's in the past. But I do get this Corey Raymond question a lot. Okay? A lot. Things did not go well during the transition from Brian Kelly to the new staff. And rightfully so. I understand we move at a super fast pace and we don't remember how certain situations were at the time. But as someone who covers this team every day and looks at this team every day, Brian Kelly had to do so much to get this program going on the right track. We were off the rails in terms mostly of communication. That was a word that was repeatedly told to me. Brian Kelly just wanted to get the communication right. And people are mad at him for not doing enough press conferences or, or whatever. And it is hard as a coach who is making the, you know, the, the from Notre Dame to here to try and build a staff. Because, you know, you got to build the staff while their early signing period is coming. It was difficult. And we were dishing out huge contracts to assistants. So, you know, Brad Davis makes eight fifty a year. Cortez Hankton makes 900 a year, um, so on and so on. And good for them. They've worked their way. They, they, they deserve it, okay? Um, Corey Raymond wasn't making as much, but and those guys just signed. And I don't think he was – the LSU wanted to commit that much money to him, okay? And Corey Raymond had been very successful as the LSU defensive back coach. So you got to understand – Yes, some relationships can be reformed, mended, and you come back. It can happen. All right. 
So I don't think it's necessarily so-and-so scorned another. It's just a new guy came in, and he wanted his own guys. Okay? One coach was retained. And thank God we kept Brad Davis because he's been great. One coach. Think about that. One coach, and I would say overall throughout LSU football, probably about five to ten staffers kept their job. Okay? Uh, but there is transition. And if a new coach comes in, guess what? He wants his guys. And guess what? Kerry Coates is one of his guys. Kerry Coates is one of his guys from the Notre Dame days. So the next thing I'll bring up about Corey Raymond is the Florida secondaries have not been that great. All right. The last couple of years of Corey Raymond being at LSU, it's not entirely his fault that we played man coverage on every snap. It's not. But we did. And our secondaries weren't great. Then Florida secondaries have been torched a few times now, uh, whether it be tackling, deep plays getting up. And look, South Carolina's got, you know, a decent offense, a good quarterback. They they torched them. They they tore them up. So, you know, it, it's 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 just one of those things where I just don't think that that, that, that that's going to happen. Now, could I see some LSU boosters say, look, Corey Raymond back at LSU in his heyday, we were beasts, man. We were Jamal Adams. We were Dante Jackson. We were all these guys. Okay. Greedy Williams. We had dogs. Okay. We never fielded a secondary as, 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 as tough as this one. All right. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. I don't want you to. Um, I don't want you to get your hopes up. And I want you to think that I'm saying that Corey Raymond is just not a good coach anymore. He's he's probably still fine. I mean, he's recruiting well. Florida's done a really good job getting five stars. Thought that Kamari Wilson situation was very strange at Florida earlier this year, but still. Uh, I'd be open to uh, Chevis Jackson, but I am just biased because I freaking loved him. And I think we don't talk about him enough. And part of it is because he didn't have a great NFL career. Michael B. wants to talk about strength and conditioning. He says, I've seen a lot of hands on hips with no hustle this season. Oh, that's, that's deep. That's, that's deep right there. Okay. Do I think, do I think we are unconditioned? No, I don't. Not at all. I think our conditioning is fine. I really do. Has there been some players tired? Yes. Now, why are we tired? Because we're not deep. We are not deep. Okay. That's just the, it's just a fact. Brian Kelly said that to all of you before the season began. I said that to all of you that we don't have a two deep. We have a one and a half deep. So in other words, we have a lot of good starters and probably one-ish backup at every position. Okay? 
So when that happens, you're going to play a lot. All right. And think of the teams that we played up to this point. We've played Ole Miss. They played 88 plays. We played Missouri. That game was frantic as well in a back-to-back road game scenario. Grambling became a bit of a track meet early. So one thing that can help you from not putting your hands on the hips is getting stops, tackling guys when you get the opportunity. Because there's nothing else that can be more exhausting than, dang, so-and-so should have brought him down. We should be on the bench right now drinking water, getting ready for the next drive. But we gave up another third and long. So I, I don't I don't think, Michael, we've been – I don't think the fatigue issues have been an issue. Now, as someone who's watched – a lot of the other SEC teams relatively closely. There are some teams that I've looked at, and I'm like, God, who is conditioning them? Okay. Uh, teams with players that fall flat on their butts every time. Fetty says undisciplined. There you go. Now, um, we're 30 minutes in. I do have a special little giveaway. If you're a Chris Hilton fan, okay, and only if you're a Chris Hilton fan, stay tuned, okay? PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. All right. I got a ton of Chris Hilton rookie cards right here. Next $20 Super Chat, we'll give out of Chris Hilton right here. Okay, or if you prefer, uh, if you prefer BTJ, we gave out a BTJ um, on social media. If you prefer BTJ, that's fine. Next twenty dollar one, you get it straight from your boy. Okay, you're the only one. There you go. What's up? Good to see you, Doctor Morgan, man. We'll give out a Mesa one. I got a bunch of these in the mail today. I got to give them out. I don't want all of them here. Mm. Now, uh, I do. Do I think? Do I think Chris Hilton plays this weekend? I don't know. I do think. That the likelihood you see Makai Wingo or Emory Jones is very little. I would put it less than 3% chance that you see either of them this weekend. Now, obviously tomorrow, like we do every Thursday, we dive a little bit deeper into Army football. The key thing, though, is getting healthy. And the key thing also, if you're an LSU fan, is keeping an eye out for that Tennessee-Alabama game. Okay, 
I don't think the result of that game matters. I really don't. Um, because no matter what, you're going to need to beat Alabama for your chance to go to the SEC championship game. You're also going to need to win out to make the playoff anyway. So it just depends on your mindset on things. Okay. If you are a playoff or bust kind of guy or gal, then you need to win out. If you are, hey, I'll take an SEC championship game, then in theory, you want Alabama to lose on Saturday. Either way, though, the answer to either one of those hypotheticals is you just need to win. You have got to win out, okay, and not worry about anybody else, okay? Now, you do need to worry about the tape that comes from that game because Tennessee can run the football. Now, obviously, we play a far different style than Tennessee plays, but we both play at a relatively fast pace. Obviously, Tennessee plays at a faster pace. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how we establish our run game uh, versus Alabama and how we establish it versus Army this weekend. We should be able to run the football uh, a lot versus Army. Now, something else, okay? This is a memo to people that actually go to the games, and a lot of you will be at the game this Saturday. Always do this when you go to a game. And I didn't do a good job of this earlier this year when I went to the Arkansas game. Keep a mental note of things that you can't see on the broadcast afterwards. So, for instance, when you go to the game, see if anybody is missing on the sideline. If you go to a game, look at the safeties. Because on TV, you can hardly ever see the safeties. Um, take advantage of that opportunity. Okay? Um I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to potentially see some running backs who haven't gotten a whole lot of run this year. I'm looking forward to see if Noah Kane can get some run in this Army game. I want to see him get some some carries. I want Logan Diggs to, you know, get some rest before the big Alabama game. So really pumped up to see all those guys just get to work, get some carries, get some work, and just get after it. Okay. The next thing, as far as recruiting is concerned, Dwayne, thank you so much, man, for uh, your cash up yesterday. I really appreciate it. So, um, you um, you pick whatever topic you want to. It, I think it came on uh, after uh, the live stream. But Dwayne, any topic you want to get to, we'll go straight to it. Let me say this about recruiting. All right. I, I know there's going to be so much about Terry Bussey and Draylon Miller from now until signing day. We talked about uh, Bernard uh, Causey a little bit earlier. This recruiting class for LSU is going to be really good. I, I've, I've shared my piece on Caden Durham and, and those guys. And it is amazing. Julie, thank you for your super chat. I appreciate you. Okay. And Julie, you get to pick the next topic. You go right on ahead. And there we go. 
David, you might actually get to see him play versus Army. He, I don't think he's played a snap yet this year. So he's got four games to spare. And I don't see a world where they're going to need him this year. So I, I think there is a chance that you see some Trey Holly on Saturday. I'd like to see it as well. I do. I'm curious how our linebackers can contain Army's triple option. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a different offense, but I see what you're saying. That's why you put the quotations triple option. So Max says, don't we want Bama to beat Tennessee? Bama coming off a loss will be hard to beat. Yeah, so you you want them. Okay, so in a normal SEC West race, you always want the East teams to beat the West. You just do. Okay, because that just makes your path easier to the SEC championship game. At this point, okay, Sure, Tennessee beating Alabama does help you because you can beat Alabama and have Alabama lose another game, and then you can lose another game to get to the SEC championship game, if that makes sense. But, Mac, my view on this has changed. You know, normally I'm not an end results guy, okay? It's just not... My thing, college football's tough. The results don't sometimes go your way. But coming off an SEC championship game appearance last year where we were already out of the playoff, I don't want this scenario to be the same thing. If we get to the SEC championship game this year, I want that game to decide whether or not we're going to the playoff. Okay? Because if we just get there, then we're we're just repeating what we did last year. Let's go to LA Mom Super Chat. She says, I know I'm jumping ahead, but in my heart of hearts, do I believe LSU will beat Alabama? Okay. I would put it if the game between these two teams were played um, in in Houston or Atlanta or somewhere neutral, I think LSU wins 55 times out of 100. I think it's that close. I do think LSU is the slightly better team because if a game is close like this, I tend to lean towards a few key positions, okay? Um, Which team has a better offensive line? At this point, it has undoubtedly been LSU. Which team has a better quarterback? At this point, it's undoubtedly been LSU. Which team has a better coaching? 
Okay, and that's it's pretty even at this point. I do think Denbrock's been way better than Reese. And which team has the home field advantage in that, of course, is Alabama. So at this point, LA Mama, I'll say, yeah, we we will we will beat them. But there are so many different factors that could go in so many different ways. This is not a case where Like 2019, the LSU-Alabama game, everybody was honestly pretty good everywhere, okay? Now, Alabama's defense is probably the best in the SEC. I would say they're the best in the SEC. Um, LSU's offense is the best in the SEC. Alabama's offense is not as bad as LSU's defense, but... I'm just saying I've not seen that offense really do anything spectacular up to this point. Okay. Bama's home ref advantage scares me more. There you go. What's up, Trey on Facebook. There we go. Everybody welcome Trey to the channel. Um, I think you could send like stars or something like that on Facebook. I don't know how that actually works. I'm not a Facebook like superstar, but Trey, you could send me a Venmo or Cash App at Carter. The Power is my name, and um, let me know, Trey. Once again, first twenty dollars super chat tonight. We'll get a Chris Hilton or BTJ card, whichever one you want. Eric says LSU has a better special teams unit. Ooh. We're really good on special teams. Really good kicker, really good punter, really good deep snapper. Coverage units have been pretty good. Will Reichert is a beast kicker. Their punter is really good. Uh, I think I saw a chart that their punter was like top 10 in EPA, in punt EPA. Still, I mean, our special teams are good, too. We do need to field punts better, though. But what's new? Huh? Huh? Kidding. But thank you, uh, LA Mom, for your generosity. Milrow is a great deep ball thrower. He is. I know Dr. Morgan's packing up and going to T-Town. It's a good place to get a W. Hmm. Let's see. I got a DM here. Hey, do you talk about the Saints on here?
No. Other than Rashid Shahid. I love Rashid Shahid. And I love Tyron Matthew, of course. Um, they need to play better, though. Offensively. Give me a break. What in the name of P. Carmichael is going on here? There you go. I knew Dr. Moore going to be riding in. Let's go. Standing on business. Let's go. Let's go. And guess what? You can be like Dr. Morgan and get you some PHL merch, baby. PowerHourLSU.com slash shop. Once again, four shirts or sweaters or a combination of of which will get you a Joe Burrow card in the mail. Get you a hoodie. They're comfy. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than hoodie season, baby. I'm wearing sweatpants right now, man. Get to it. PowerHourLSU.com. All right. Let's get as many in here as we possibly can. So close to game day. I don't care if it's not a Power 5 game. We only get 12 of these every year. 13 if we're lucky. 14 if we're cooking. And 15 if we're glorious. Mason Smith will blow up against Alabama. That's dark. I'm kidding. He's going he's gonna to do great. He's going to do great. Their offensive line has struggled. They have. They've got, they're big. They got 360-pound tackles. Uh, but, yeah. Emmanuel says LSU wins by nine over Army or Alabama or the Kansas City Chiefs. Whoever it may be. PB, what to do, baby? Let's see. Let's see. Well, you know, I want to talk some Jay Sean Ridgel. I'm down to do that. Speaking of superstars in Alabama, let's go. Um, oh, yeah, we always do this on a Wednesday. I knew I was forgetting something. There was something in the back of my mind. We run through. The SEC games this weekend. Okay. I need your help. I've gotten cold this year. Which games stand out to you? Why is this doing this? There we go. Is there a game that is just screaming for you? Just screaming.
tell me why the master which one of these stands out to you Alabama eight and a half versus Tennessee and the under Hmm. 31 LSU Army. So Joshua, which which side of Missouri, South Carolina? Arkansas versus Mississippi State. Hmm. Also the over on Missouri and South Carolina. I like that one, Mac. I do. Chris says Georgia ain't it. They don't have the Brockmeister. Now, here's the rest of college football. Ohio State, Penn State. The line has grown for Ohio State to four and a half. I don't know why I think the Nittany Lions are actually going to get it done this year. I wish this game was in Happy Valley. I would love to see Penn State break through. USC U- USC getting seven at home versus Utah? Interesting. Florida State Duke. Florida State 14 and a hook. North Carolina, 23 and a hook for, versus Virginia. Is there anything here that stands out to you guys? For me, why do I think Gus is going to make UCF Oklahoma interesting? Why do I think that? When in my heart of hearts, I know Oklahoma is going to blow the brakes off of UCF. I know. Dwayne is going. Is Dwayne's going outright? Oh, Chris is doing the dreaded transitive property. Chris, you can't do transitive property in college football. That'll get you hurt. That that'll hurt your feelings. Okay, and for those who don't know what the transitive property is, it's. If so-and-so loses to so-and-so, then so-and-so will lose to so-and-so, right? Because the other logic would be, well, Notre Dame, who beat USC, well, Notre Dame the week before got blown out by Louisville, who then just got blown out by Pitt, and then it just keeps getting, uh, it just goes on and on and on. But the only game that should really interest you, if you are an LSU fan, is this Ole Miss-Auburn game. Obviously, in this game, if you're LSU, you want Auburn to win, okay? Um, Because that win would assure you your own destiny, okay? 
one thing that LSU does have in their favor is a lot of these SEC teams play like three really weak teams to start the year, like three non-power fives. LSU kind of backloaded their non-power five schedule, if that makes sense, right? They they've got five games left, but three, uh, two of them are against P fives. So there you go. But that's a game that you should watch out of the corner of your eye. Can Auburn get it done? Remember a few years ago, Lane Kiffin had a weirdly coached game on the Plains. Okay. That is true. Ole Miss still has to play UGA. You're all right. Now, in five more minutes, I'll answer as many as we possibly can. But if you do super chat, we'll happily keep it going. The party don't stop. Or is it the party don't start till I walk in? Oh, Jared's going under in the Bama Tennessee game. This does feel like one of these 27 to 10 kind of games, right, Jared? You know, Tennessee's offense has not been good this year, but their defense looks pretty stout. No, Alex, I think BOB is not coming back to college. At least I don't think so. Yeah, there you go, Kesha. I like it. Uh, let's see. Texas, Oklahoma, Big 12 title rematch. Yeah, they don't have division, so I think it. I think that could happen, right? Right? I don't know. All right, all you cool cats and kittens. This was a fun one. Uh, our top super chatter of the evening. We didn't get any on YouTube, but we did get LA Mom. So LA Mom was our top super chatter of the evening. Thank you so much, LA Mom. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, it goes a long way. Type Y for yes if you will be at the live stream tomorrow, Thursday night, 8.15 Central. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. It has power hour. Hell as you, baby. Bam. And tonight we are doing that delicious barbecue chicken, baby. Let's 